May only God's word be spoken, and may only God's word be heard. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. As Reverend Jim mentioned in the announcements at the start of the service, and as you probably picked up from the scripture readings and the hymns that we've sung today, this is a special day in the church. It's the feast day of the presentation of Jesus in the temple. Now, this day doesn't always fall on a Sunday, so we don't always necessarily get to celebrate it on a Sunday morning, but today it does. So we get to wear our white, and we get to have a party. So what is this party celebrating? It's a party that celebrates that moment when Jesus, for the first time, enters into the temple in Jerusalem. He's a baby, probably 40 days old, because it seems that what's happening is that Joseph and Mary have brought him at the end of that period during which Mary would be waiting to return to the temple in order to be purified. Because in that time, if you were a woman who had given birth, if you gave birth to a son, you had to make offerings and do the whole purification ritual uh, after 40 days. Now, if you'd given birth to a girl, it would be 80 days before you would return to the temple. But that's, that's another story. <laughs> so they've come to the temple with 40-day-old Jesus. And it's this remarkable moment of recognition. The parents walk in with this tiny baby, and Simeon, who's been waiting for a long time to see the light that was the salvation of all people come into the temple. He's been waiting. There, there are traditions that say that he had waited 270 years. I'm not sure if that's the case, but I think we can say a really, really long time he'd been waiting for this moment. And Anna, we know, had been in the temple waiting at least 84 years, and they both see this baby come in, and they get it. Simeon bursts into this beautiful song. Lord, you now have let your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen thy salvation. A light to lighten the Gentiles and be the glory of your people Israel. We don't get Anna's words, but we know that she launches into some kind of sermon herself, probably waving her hands around a lot while she does it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's just this, it's a beautiful scene. And what I think, ultimately, that this feast day is about is it is about that light coming into the world. It is about what it means to bear witness to that light. But beyond that, it's what it means for us as followers of the light to be bearers of the light into the world ourselves. So... I want to start by talking about what it means to be a witness to the light. And I think Simeon and Anna give us fabulous examples of what it means to bear witness to the light. Now, the first thing it means, if you're going to bear witness to something, you actually have to see it, right? To bear witness most directly is to see the thing. Now, in order to see something, well... You kind of have to be looking for it. We know that Simeon and Anna have been looking for a long time. But I think that there's something deeper 
going on in their looking. Because I think they both knew that if they were looking for God's light to break into the world, they needed to be looking in unexpected places and in unexpected faces. Otherwise, how could they possibly have recognized it in the form of a little baby? Now let's look at what they had kind of been taught to expect. I believe that Simeon and Anna both were probably well-schooled in Scripture. They knew the prophecies. They knew the prophecy in Malachi that we heard today that said, suddenly the Lord will come into His temple. Who can endure the day of His coming? Who can stand when He appears? He's like a refiner's fire. Now that might put one picture into your head. But I imagine for most of us, it's not the picture of a helpless little baby coming in in his mama's arms, is it? But Simeon and Anna knew to look in an unexpected place, an unexpected face for this light, for the Lord coming into his temple. And so Simeon knew and he took this baby, wiggly and cute, pudgy cheeks. Can you imagine him looking at that baby and saying, who shall endure the day of his coming? <laughs> who can stand when he appears? This one? He's like a refiner's fire. <laughs> he knew, and Anna knew, God works in unexpected ways and through unexpected people. So that's point one. We need to know that we've got to be looking and we probably have to be looking in the places and in the faces we would least expect for the light of God. Second thing about bearing witness is you're actually no good as a witness if you don't testify to what you've seen. And so we see that Simeon and Anna both testify to what they've seen, to this light, to what it means for the world. And I'd like to point out that this kind of testifying is risky business. Did you notice what Simeon said about this baby? Because quite frankly, if temple officials heard it, if there were any Roman government officials hanging around who might have heard it, what they would have heard might have sounded like treason, y'all. Did you catch that? He will be the cause of the rising and falling of many. There's going to be conflict. He's going to reveal what's truly in the hearts of many people, which means he's going to reveal some ugly stuff. Bearing witness to this light isn't always going to mean that we're bearing witness to what those in authority want to hear. But Simeon and Anna, they do it anyway. They talk about what they're seeing. I think we need to recognize that if we are going to bear witness to the light, it means that sometimes the things that we say 
are not going to be well received by those in power, especially those whose power is derived from maintaining the status quo. We have to be willing, if we're going to bear witness to the light, to encounter opposition. That's just reality. But there's this other piece that I want to talk about. There's bearing witness to the light, but there is also accepting our role as bearers of the light. And I'd just like to point you to Mary, the woman in this story who is literally bearing the light into the temple after literally bearing the light into the world with her own body. She is now bearing the light into the temple. And Simeon tells her, this call that you've accepted is going to be a tough one. He says, if you're going to bear this light and continue to bear it out these doors and into the world beyond, there's a price to pay. A sword will pierce your soul too. I think this is the hardest part of this story for me to hear. It's hard for me to hear as a mother because, of course, I know what Simeon is talking about. And I know what sword is going to pierce Mary's side. And I can't imagine being in her position at the foot of the cross. But I think the fact of the matter is, if we are going to answer the call to be bearers of light, if we are going to carry the light that we have borne witness to, the light that we affirm and proclaim every Sunday in this building, if we are going to be bearers of that light beyond the doors of this place, it means that when we get out there, we too are going to encounter some swords. I don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear that it's not all sunshine and roses following the light. But the fact of the matter is, if we are going to be bearers of the light, we have to go into dark places. The light seeks out the darkness because the light is here to heal darkness, to heal the world's brokenness. And so if we are bearers of the light, we have a responsibility to walk into the darkness. And that means we're bringing a light that's going to reveal things that people don't want to be revealed. I don't know about y'all, but it's hard enough for me to like shine the light just on myself. There's stuff in me that I don't want revealed. I encounter opposition from myself when I try that. But to think about being someone who will shine the light of truth and justice in our families, in our churches, in the world beyond these doors, that means that we're inviting some opposition that can be very hurtful to us. 
And yet we are called to do it and to maintain our faith in doing so. Our faith that ultimately this light that has come into the world and that we are bearing cannot be overcome by any of the powers of darkness that would try to overcome it. I think sometimes bearing this light means that we're hurt in a way that's a compassionate kind of hurt. We're with somebody that we love who is in pain. And we bring light to them by sitting with them and being with them. But it hurts us as well to see people that we love in pain. I think that's one part that that sword, that's one way in which that sword can pierce our side. And it certainly pierced Mary's side in that way. But I think that the bigger piece is the swords that come from a world that doesn't want the light shined in dark places. I've thought a lot about Mary with baby Jesus in her arms and Mary with that same baby, now a grown man, on the cross on what must have been the darkest day of her life. I think of Mary staying there. I think of Mary deciding that even though it was the darkest place she'd ever seen or been, she was going to stay there and she was going to bear witness to the light to the very end, even if her heart was breaking. I think of Mary at that cross And I think because of her faithfulness, because she chose to stay in that place and bear witness to the light, even in that darkness, she saw. She got to see in the end because she stayed there in the dark. She stayed there through the hardest part and the breaking heart. She stayed there looking at the truth about the worst things that humanity could possibly do, she stayed there. And because she stayed there, she got to see the light revealed in a new way. She got to look resurrection in the face because she sat there in the dark. She got to see the light come in. She got to see new life that she could never have imagined. I think we have that promise as well. That if, like Mary, we can be brave enough to bear witness to the light, to bear the light ourselves in the darkest places we are ever called to go, if we can hold fast, then in the end, we'll be able to sing like Simeon did And like I believe Mary probably did at the resurrection. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen thy salvation. Amen.